Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I am Chuck. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios. Here at Lower Gentry Studios, we create thought-provoking content with integrity, and we enjoy every aspect because we are hedonists. You can go to www.lowergentrystudios.com to check out all of our content, which includes this podcast, a web series entitled Canyon County, a feature film entitled We Speak, and an additional feature film entitled Brown Truck. We like to entitle things rather than title them because we feel entitled sometimes. Very, very good. With us today, we have Elliot and Zoe. Thank Hi. you. My name is, I, I'm the Elliot for those of you who are listening. That's true. And I'm so Zoe. So if you hear this voice, you can associate it with the name Elliot. Yes. Unless they get confused because our voices sound similar enough. Oh, do they? I don't know. My, my voice is a little bit more distinguished, I would say. I get us confused all the time. Oh. So Ooh, on the podcast. It's hard. <laughs> Especially in the dark. <laughs> I'm married to one of you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Why is today special? Today is special because on this day in history, October 27, October 22nd, 1836, Sam Houston <gasps> was elected the first president of the Republic of Texas. Yeah. Yeehaw. Because Yeehaw. they were their own independent republic for a while, which I thought was kind of cool. How, how long were they actually a republic? Um, just a couple terms. They had a weird system there where it was, I think the presidents were limited. I read a bunch about it last night. And so all of these facts are getting convoluted in my head, but I'm going to regurgitate them because I have a feeling not very many people are going to double check. So I think they had a term, they had a term limit of two years and you could only be president one time in a row. And he was elected president twice. So he served one two year term. And then in the middle of his second two year term, which was another f- two years after that, they joined the United States. Oh. So dang. essentially, Texas was loaded up. It wasn't that many people. He got 76% of the vote, and there were 4,374 votes in favor of Sam Houston being the president of Texas. So that was a very small nation oh, yeah. when it existed. But there were a lot of uh, Americans that were going to Texas at that time in history and so they were angry about not having statehood with mexico so initially they tried to uh, petition mexico to become a state inside the country of mexico mexico wasn't helping them out very much and so they fought for their independence and then joined the united states Hmm. and then one day they'll be background yeah and one day they'll be their own country again yes texas did they have a flag yeah lone star oh well duh they had a flag Every state has a flag. I don't know if the flag was, that was their the same. OG flag? I, yeah, see, that's what I. I heard. don't know. I'm just saying stuff now. I don't know. I don't know anything about Texas at all. Yeah, me neither. Other than I watched right. a movie once that took place there. Actually, Actually several I heard, movies. I heard that Dallas is super funky and cool. We drove through Dallas that one time. Remember? Yeah, it was it was a cool town. We drove through it and it looked neat, but we didn't stop and do anything there. No, I met someone from Dallas and they're like, yeah, it's really weird. It's like kind of like Portlandish. It's like really funky, big art scene, like big well, it kind of makes sense that the, they would then population. rebel. They, they would they would rebel against the idea of Texas. You know? Yeah, you know, not a bunch of snakes. Kind of like how wearing... like how Boise rebels against the rest of Idaho. That's so true. Like, yeah, we're being weird. We're in Boise. We're not like the rest of Idaho. And then. Dallas would be like that for Texas. That's what Austin is, though. I thought Austin was the Portland of Texas. Oh, maybe yeah. I'm talking about Austin. I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, so speaking of presidents, is that what we're talking about today? Yeah. Should we uh, should we spot off some opinions at our listeners today? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. opinions. We should there's probably no, listen there's to the jingle first. Nothing that I first. like more than listening to my own and people that I enjoy's opinions. Mm. 
we all got opinions, but they ain't worth nothing. Y'all, all I right. straight up had to start dancing to that. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, but it it's worked. only like five seconds long. So. I know. I wish it was a little bit longer. I hope no one gets to see my terrible dance. All right. So what are we gonna do? So uh, a year. No, I'm gonna put the. I'll put the. I'll put the thing over. Thanks. It so nobody can Let's see it. Mask that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just saying that. So we've decided. Lower Gentry is going to endorse a candidate for president a y- more than a year before the yeah. elections. Yeah, I'm going sure to put all my eggs into one basket. Donald Trump re-election. Oh, you're a Trump. Oh, I thought shoot. we, I thought I thought we thought all we agreed on the same I'm just person. kidding. I just wanted to throw a curveball at you. Whew. All right. Because, okay, we have not agreed on a presidential candidate since 2016. Am I right? Well, that was the last time somebody was running for president. Well, I mean, yes. it makes sense. But I'm just saying it's been a while. Since we've agreed. Yes. On anything. On anything. Yeah. And now we agree on this and I'm feeling real good about it. So who are we endorsing, my friends? Um, do should we go down to just to make sure we have the same person? Who you, who do you like? I'm endorsing Chuck is endorsing Andrew Yang. And I'm endorsing Andrew Yang. Yang Gang twenty twenty. Yeah. Woo. I think I'm gonna go with Andrew Yang too. Heck yeah. All right. So he can be president of this studio. Yeah, yep. exactly. For sure. And Andrew. actually, Elected. anybody else that's supporting Andrew Yang, you can just send money directly to us, and then we'll eventually get it to Andrew Yang. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We are mm. a liaison to yeah, political exactly. fundraising. Yeah, we're kind of like our own super PAC. So you can just donate as much money as you want just to us, and then we will then use that money appropriately to get Andrew Yang elected. We're uh, preemptively funding this podcast at a million five. Yeah. So first of all, those funds will go to pay for this broadcast, and then anything up and beyond that, we will go ahead and forward on to his campaign unless we think of a better way to use that money. Yeah, exactly. Well, because sometimes you need to protect campaigns from themselves. True. So, yeah. So we need to we need to make sure that conflicts we use the of money. interest. Yeah, exactly. We so, don't want to get him involved in. So too we're many the those. lower gentry super pack for Andrew. <laughs> oh my God, you guys! I'm like getting low key angry right now. I'm like, no, all the money needs to go to Yang. He is the bomb. And he was the underdog when it first started out. He but still he's, is technically no, the underdog. He, well, he's still very much the underdog. But he's still in the running and still in the debates. And I feel really good about that because I honestly didn't expect it to go this long. So, like, kudos. So, the one thing that everybody needs to know about Andrew Yang that's very interesting is that he supports a universal basic income, which he markets as a freedom dividend that I think is brilliant when you tell people what a universal basic income is a lot of them immediately knee-jerk cry socialism. That's happened to me about five times when I've talked to friends and family. And mm-hmm. said, it's always, a, it's always at first, too. It's just like, that's socialism. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Yep. It's socialism, like we, we exist bad. In, we, we exist in socialism. So, I mean, it's- well, and the ironic part is, while Andrew Yang is garnering support from liberals, Republicans, and libertarians, a lot of socialists that I've talked to that identify as socialists in the United States say that he his ideas don't align exactly with what they're looking for. Well, that's because in a he's candidate. that's because he's socializing only like one thing for right. the most part. Like part of his part of his platform says we need to have like a single payer like health care system, which is a lot like Bernie Sanders. But he only socializes like one area, and that's just money. Right. Where everything else is just wide open, which I think is an intriguing idea, especially somebody that's worked. I've worked in government for a long time. He has like no, there's no real mandates, there's no real like checks, there's mm-hmm. no real rules. It's just like everybody's just going to get this money, and then we'll just see what happens. Well, you know? and in fact, he prides himself on eliminating bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, yeah, which is a huge sign of socialism through this freedom dividend because it's for 
any U.S. citizen over the age of 18, and it's $1,000, no stipulations. I looked into the policy, and I agree with it a lot, even though I definitely lean hard libertarian. However, the rules that are in place currently to be able to help the economically disadvantaged are causing a lot more problems and are decreasing choice. Correct. That people have. And so I think if the government is going to be involved in distribution of wealth, which inevitably it does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if we collect taxes, we end up spending them unfairly. Just by a rule of thumb, if you put take money and don't distribute it equally across the board, then you're spending it unequally, yeah. period. And it works that way with school districts. Yeah. It works that way with building clinics. It works that way just about any way that you look at economics and you look at bureaucracy. But this is the only policy that literally takes... I like the way he uses dividend. If we're collecting a certain amount of taxes, a business does the same thing. They pay a dividend out to all of their stock owners. Right. And this would be, if we have stock in the country, it would be an incentive, I would just about guess, for all of us to try to do better to increase the dividend that we get paid but i mean we got a lot of we got a lot of mess and and waste in the in the government hopefully one thing i looked into which was interesting was alaska and they do this every year already cuz he brings that up very quickly in a lot mm-hmm. of his uh, television presentations and they've actually had to start to hold uh, accountable the politicians in the state are held more accountable to their constituents because they have to be ready to give them their annual check and so it keeps government down to a certain size, naturally. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but I was reading, um, I'm doing a project in school about this topic, ironically, also. I was reading that people who have UBI in the studies that we've done, in the small experiments that we've done, um, it actually increases people wanting to find work. And then what I thought was really interesting was in Canada, the hospitalization rate decreased by 8.5%. So there's a hypothesis that having universal basic income not only gives people more mental and financial security, but it physically makes people healthier. Well, I would imagine that uh, that the, the, the like the diseases of despair would also go down if you're not worried about exactly yeah like you're not gonna have as much like heroin overdoses mm-hmm. and stuff and like mm-hmm. fentanyl patches that you chew on your in your mouth or whatever what I don't know how you do fentanyl I, I think you know. just inject it. I think it's just like heroin. I just imagine like <laughs> no, fentanyl, fentanyl patches, patches, and they just like chew on them. I just imagine just people oh, chewing on plastic I'm sure full of fentanyl. Do that. Yeah, yeah, seems legit. Yeah, just like caught. And so I think <laughs> I think the reason that we're in an era where we are even talking about universal basic income is because we're literally living in an automation crisis right now. And Andrew Yang talks a lot about this. He was a big tech CEO before mm-hmm. running for president, right? So he knows all about how automation is going to phase out approximately 50% of all jobs that are currently. Yeah. That's the one part that I kind of think Andrew Yang is maybe kind of overdoing it. I mean, no, I was researching in the book called The Future of Work Technology and Basic Income by Michael Chobley and Michael Weber, and they agree with it. Yeah, no, I mean, there's people that agree with it, but then there's also people that disagree with it as well. But the types of jobs that will be lost. So in the Industrial Revolution, manual labor was pretty cut down to a minimum because of what technology was doing. But now we're coming into another revolution where cognitive labor like accounting, truck driving, hospitality, call centers, and even medical diagnoses will be able to be done by AI. 
in the next 12 years. Yeah, but doesn't that create like another, it's going to be a different group of people as they come up, but then they're going to, they're going to be able to, you know what I'm saying? It's it's not going to eliminate all the, like but there's the, going to the, be the growing total, pains. The, yeah, of course it'll be growing pains. I'm just saying it'll be a different group of people that get like the new realm of jobs. But it's still it, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, everybody's now we're all like out of work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that part, I always think that he's like kind of overblown because he always talks about uh, truck driving like like that's going to happen like right away. Like self-driving trucks are going to be on like the road in 10 years. I don't I don't see that happening in 10 years. And even it's, if even if it did, I mean, a lot of those people would be kind of left out of work. I, I like his freedom dividend no, or no, the I, UBI he, because it, it would cover that. But at the same time. Yeah, I, I think that there are going to be people are going to find ways to busy themselves, and the the need for more material, actual materials, I don't think is going to change at all. That's always been has gotten smaller and smaller, but the market opens up more liaisons like us. But yeah. like I was saying earlier, you know, is, but the thing is, is you just there's only so much raw material that is needed. And then changing that into various other products is what creates an economy. And so there will just be more liaisons, I would think. Yeah. But, you know, obviously there there would be growing pains. I, I would predict that well, people I mean, are yeah, find the, something to do. The, the, uh, the industrial revolution was pretty crazy. Right. And also just like the other I mean, even the advent of cars and all that jazz, because that happened to coincide with the, the big labor and union movements of the early 20th century you know yeah. and there's people dying in the streets and riots and stuff like that so when he talks about riots i mean i know that that that's probably gonna happen but don't you wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, that'll be wild. wouldn't you yeah. wager that It'll having walking phoenix just standing there like you know he's gonna be like he's ah, gonna lead the rebellion he's gonna read the lead the rebellion because yeah. he already has experience exactly. although he's not a method actor so i don't know if he has enough experience to lead a rebellion uh, i don't know yeah i don't know i was trying to make a joker joke I know. It I wasn't was very good. Trying to add yeah. to it to make it better, but it didn't help either. <laughs> it was a very shoddy foundation. Yeah. That's Sorry, okay. I didn't even try to resuscitate that one. That was dead on arrival. All right, sweet. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean I agree with I agree with the UBI and I like the idea of universal basic income. And I also just like of the I like the I like the way like philosophically that he looks at government, especially being a government worker myself, where he's not about the the mandating. Which I don't, because it seems like the you know Bernie Sanders, who I really like and respect, and I even kind of like Warren, and I like and respect her. They still are just fascinated with rules, and then they just right. think like, oh, if we'll pass the, if we just pass this, then everything's going to be better. That's and it's and it's and then there's still it's that government idea of that they're scared to give people money, and they want to set up a bunch of like stipulations. They're like, well, instead of giving pe- poor people money, we should set up. We'll give them jobs instead. Well, it's like, well, who's going to do the jobs? What does is, what is that entail? You know what I'm saying? Like the federal job guarantee that Bernie Sanders pushes, I always just think that's never going to work. Like how how would you be able to do that? We're just all of a sudden like True. all these people are working for the federal government. Like what would that even entail? Then you'd have like a bunch of admin costs trying to keep everybody in The in bureaucracy line. <laughs> would just be so thick. What do you do? I dig do this anything. ditch. What do you do? I fill that ditch up with dirt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It'd be a mess. I mean, I like I like Bernie Sanders a lot. I don't like to crap on him. But it's No, still I like, agree with you. The, there's the, no like, there's no price you pay for this, for this deal except for the value added tax. Yeah, you get the value added tax, but then there's no. I like the idea of that. There's no stipulations, right? Because that's always the thing that that's really angry. Because we used to work in basically welfare adjacent fields. Yes, you know, and I guess I still am kind of in a welfare adjacent field, right? Where I know like the population and stuff, and it's like it's annoying to try to get all of those services. And I kind of hate the paternalistic idea that. 
that liberals sometimes have, and I guess I count myself as a liberal, but this paternalistic idea where it's like, we're going to help the poor people. We're going to help them become better. But then like the, as soon as you try to, as soon as you try to get those services, you first have to prove that you're kind of a piece of crap and then prove that you're only making this much money and prove and all that right. proving it requires case managers. Yeah. Po- people in poverty. Yeah. But then even that though, then you need to have a case manager. You need to have all this bureaucracy. You need to fill out all this paperwork. You need to have, you know, diff- if you're trying to get on disability, you need to go to all these different doctor's appointments and stuff. And it's just like at a certain point, wouldn't it just be better just to give them the cash? Cause that's what they're trying to get. Well, you and there, there's an article I read talking about how poverty people, People in poverty have a decreased cognitive functioning skills because they essentially equated it to pulling an all-nighter. When you're in poverty, problem-solving, filling out papers, getting a case manager, going through all these hoops that maybe to you and me seem super easy, they cannot do because they are constantly pulling all-nighters and they are constantly mentally fatigued and because they're in survival mode. Yeah, I mean, there's a case study about these sugarcane farmers in another country and they're really wealthy half of the year and they're really poor the other half of the year and their IQ, they were scored IQ tests at both points of the year, was a 13 point difference in their IQ. No, oh, so it's almost a standard deviation. Yeah. So it takes a lot of it takes a lot of your focus if you're stressed. It's just stress. Yeah, right. it's just you're stressed right. out all the time it's about money. Stress. And I yeah. like what you said about the rule thing because I don't think that's limited to liberal no, 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 it's, no, it's, it's not. definitely it's ubiquitous in the United mm-hmm. States of America. And that's yeah. what I want to get. That's that's what I why, would like why to do see. you have an EBT program? Because you want to make sure that these poor pieces of crap aren't spending any right. other dollars on anything other than food. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's just like, what happens if you were spending on beer? Then what would happen? <laughs> it's right. like you'd be drunk on our money. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like this constant. It's this like, yeah, if, if there were if there were a, a right wing candidate that was into actually not being the world police i think i would be involved in that but that's that uh, us extending our need to organize and structure everything the way we with our values yeah exactly where i think it's funny because we should be a nation of many different values we should try to minimize and hold the only the most important values in place which are Mm -hmm. let's not kill each other yeah and try to get along as good the best that we can Yeah. yeah and let's not rob and cheat and right. steal from each other. That's really all we need, but we kind of like to extend that yeah. beyond our own borders. I always think of that in the in terms of the classroom too, because if you go into te- some teachers' classrooms, they have like literally a list of like eight hundred rules, and mm-hmm. each oh, one of yeah. them is just as important as the one mm. before it. Rule number one. Next rule number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this one's the important one, you know. And then yeah. when I run my classroom, and sometimes it's kind of weird when, when teachers walk in there and they just say, well, why, well, he's not sitting, he's not showing me slant. And slant is like this, you have to sit up straight and put your elbows on the desk and like look everybody in the eye. It's like, he's not showing me slant. And I'm like, well, I prioritized in this particular student the fact that he's doing something and not just, you know, it's okay that he sits on the floor. It's not a big deal. I think it's it's kind of, yeah, you're right. It's in that mentality. It's not really a left-right thing or a liberal-conservative no, thing. No, it all it's just goes like, down to your philosophy, really. Well, no, I mean, but, like, it's not. But, like, people like rules, right? And then so they really and they really like to make sure that people are following rules. And the more rules that you have to follow and the more that I can make you follow them, the better I feel about myself and the better I feel about everything. And so I think us as a government, whenever we come up with it, we always just come up with this big list of rules. And then me just, I don't know, and I think you too, Charles, and you too, Zoe, we always think, we always think well, why do we need all of these things? Like, why do we need these rules in the first place? What are they trying to prevent and what well, are the unintended consequence like- of, consequences of them? Like for in the classroom, for example, if I, if I made sure that everybody was sitting in a certain way all the time, I would be spending all of my time making sure that they were sitting in a certain way and I might not be able to teach them what a noun is. 
So like, what's more important? Well, I feel <laughs> you know? like people <laughs> default on that. Uh, and and give weight to this because you can measure that. You can see if someone is giving you slant because it's in front of you. Their arms are on the table. They're sitting up straight, whatever the hell this acronym is. I have no idea. Yeah. But they're looking you in the eyes. How can you measure someone's true understanding of a concept? I mean, yeah, you can have them fill in the bubbles on a test. But yeah. I think the behavior, that's why people like really lean into bf skinner's behaviorism which myself included because it's measurable yeah you can't sure. measure any like cognitive well i mean you can sort of they have lots of cognitive tests and i stuff. think i well, think it's more of a social thing though too yeah. we're, we're we're not that much better than chickens in a lot of ways we still want to have our pecking order i oh, think exactly i think and then most like, of us just default to that method of thinking i've believe so yeah exactly and it's a lot of it is a perception thing like you know the classroom if he's sitting on the floor that right. means he's not learning if you're he's in the, control and you're not in control yeah yeah and then if you're out in the if you're out on the town and all of a sudden you see somebody sleeping on the sidewalk that means that he's lazy and he's like a stupid idiot and you should go get a job it's like the, yeah you know what i'm saying like it's it, like you you take one image and then you extrapolate all of these different um con- like oh, all yeah. of these all of these different things based off of one image you know as opposed to just you know I mean, I opened up a big can of worms. But yeah, that's a lot of yeah. that's Whoa, a lot of different stuff. Gosh, I always I like to think that we we all assume that we're experts in psychology, but we're just only experts in ourselves. Yeah, right. And we that's extrapolate true. way too much. But it's yeah, it, a lot of a lot of freedom is better. And I think Andrew Yang is in that direction. Even though it seems yeah. a little bit overwhelming to have a thousand dollars a month in every single American's pockets, but I did. I, I was looking at his value added tax. It seems to make sense. So I am endorsing him. I'm going to endorse him too. I endorse him too. Man, do we just did we, we our first ever Lower Gentry Studios endorsement? Wow, this is a big deal. I know it is. We so anyway, agree on something. I also like Valentina hot sauce. Ooh, yeah, yes, Valentina. Valentina. I love hot Valentina hot it's the sauce. The best. Okay, so we also, got two endorsements and, and Andy's. Mexican market. Yep. Three. Yep. I like Los Betos too. If Andy's is close. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. Our and agreements have two ended. Thirds. Okay. Are we going to do end with a joke and a half? Yeah, let's do a joke Heck from yeah. a hat. All right, sweet. Take a joke from a hat when you read it, I'll bet that you make someone laugh. It's a joke from a hat. This week's hat is a fishing cap I with a. You used that one before. Beer. Pers- beer logo on it that we're not going to show. Which beer? What does it rhyme with? It rhymes with Niera Savada. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, I apologize, but after much deliberation, it is my sincerest regret to inform you that I was unable to write a joke to cap off this week's episode. <laughs> to cap off. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for joining us this week. Remember to visit www.lowergentrystudios.com to catch all the back episodes of this podcast, as well as our web series, Canyon County, our feature film, We Speak, our feature film, Brown Truck, and any other random things that we might happen to throw up on that website. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday.